recorded this interview with Charlene back in October 2021. And the energy um, that I felt having come off this interview was incredible because she shares so many in insightful snippets of how to push past that fear, how to eliminate your, your limits, your beliefs, how to, to question yourself whenever you're doubting yourself um, with the simple question of why, why can you not do that? Why is that true? Um, and this is really, really impactful because I really share this with a lot of my clients to find evidence to dispel the beliefs that we carry around with us or evidence to prove that we are better than what we're telling ourselves. And when you start to question what's going on in your, in your mind with, well, why can I not do that? Why is life hard? Why is making money hard? Why will no one buy? Why can I not get into a relationship with someone that loves me? Then you can start to understand where this is coming from and start to recognize that you can and that you've got evidence to back up the fact that you can do these things. And it's just simply a voice that we've been carrying around for too long, our role conditioning that's controlling us um, and stopping us from taking action. So I'm really, really excited for you guys to listen to this one um, and to, to make notes. And I would suggest maybe listening to it a couple of times because there are so many nuggets in here that will really kind of help you to push beyond that, that fear, to really reframe um, your relationship with self-doubt and your relationship with yourself so without further ado let's jump right in hello and welcome to the life beyond limits podcast i'm your host emma gibbs Ung. each show i'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness overcome adversity and never given up as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Charlene Trinzi. After moving from Brazil at 19, her home country, she spent several years traveling across Scandinavia, raising two kids and building a business. Throughout her life, self-doubt has become her best toxic friend who kept her in her comfort zone and ensured that she wasn't moving forward. Having traveled to many places before settling in the UK, her self-doubt originally came from her accent and speaking a foreign language, but then grew into other parts as she allowed it to keep growing. Self-doubt has stopped her from pursuing her dream for years until she started working on it and understanding that this was actually a strength and not a weakness. Now she uses her skills to help coaches and service providers build their brand and uses her story to motivate and inspire other women who might be in a similar position. Today, Charlene is sharing how she's managed to reframe her, her relationship with self-doubt and turn it from her toxic friend into her traveling partner. So welcome, Charlene. It's lovely to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And my pleasure. My pleasure. I think, do you know what? Each and every one of us um, can relate to self-doubt being a toxic best friend or certainly a toxic friend um, for sure and causing us to to question ourselves and our abilities what I love about your journey is that despite all of that you've continued to be very fluid and flexible and take every opportunity 
um, at face value and, and really kind of use it to your advantage. And you've never really let it hold you back. Um, and so I would really love to know how you've managed to do that um, from leaving your home country, from traveling Europe and then obviously settling in the UK. Um, I know that that you went through a lot of challenges um, to feel welcome and settled in England. Um, and so it would be really great because this is coming up a lot with people that I'm speaking um, to about accents and about not necessarily feeling that they fit in because there's a judgment perhaps on not being um, native tongue, English, um, and also just actual accents anyway, and the judgment that, that, that might come from that. So I'd love to rewind back to the beginning before sort of finding out how you've managed to befriend it and invite it on your journey and your travels, because it's always there. It's always there. It's always traveling with you. Um, but you no lo longer let it dictate you in the way that it previously did. And for that, it's magical. So if you wouldn't yeah. mind sharing it, that'd be great. All right. So one thing that um, I like to say, it's when I mentioned like, oh, it was my best toxic friend. It's mm. because I think if you analyze when you're a, a child or, or even a teenager, when you start to get those aids, your self-doubt, it's more about like, can I do that, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a child and your parents or someone else say, hey, you cannot jump from there. You might hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. And as a self-doubt, you say, can I, will I? Yeah. And then you do it. You know, so it's a self-doubt that helps you and encourages you. Mm -hmm. But I think as you start growing and being aware of a lot of things around you, that start to hurt you a little bit more. However, you are used to that. It's, mm. some, it's a feeling, it's your best friend who is always there to encourage you. But then it starts, I think, encouraging you in the wrong way. It's like, oh, is it that? Am I good enough? No, I shouldn't be doing that. That's right. You know, then it starts to go wrong. But then I think for a lot of us adults, we take this for so long with us that it's quite hard to kind of leave it apart. For mm. me, it was basically that. Uh, uh, when I was in Brazil, I was a fashion designer and it was really hard to get into that industry because it was quite expensive to go to fashion school. It was expensive to do any courses around that area and things like that. However, my self-doubt at the moment was like, can you do it? Yes, you can. How can you do it? And it started going on. Mm. When I left Brazil, to go to Iceland, which was a place that, you know, I had no idea how it was going to be. That self-doubt, like for some time, instead of encouraging me, start kind of like, you know, sink me in my dreams. It's like, why should, you know, they like you? Why should they like your designs? Oh, I couldn't get a job in the fashion world there. So it was like, see, you are really not that good because you can't get a job here and all those things. And then um, in Iceland, uh, they speak Icelandic mm -hmm. and I was learning Icelandic, but then I start speaking, uh, I start learning English because I thought, okay, even if I go out from here, if I have to travel, I will need English. I was not good at English at the time. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I knew very few words when I moved there. So I start learning English by watching Friends, the TV show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I saw, so the thing is, like, I never went to school to learn English. I learned it by myself alone, just at a time where we didn't have Google Translator. So I just have a dictionary and I would just go through the page, look for words, no, you know, and it was a very um, raw a process in mm -hmm. all of that and of course I had an accent I have an accent mm. but then with everything that you know came on my journey I after some time being there I was like okay that self-taught kind of like I, I push it a little bit and say what can I do mm. I really like this creative world you know I like being creating things and then I start researching a little bit more. I say, okay, I have a computer, I have an internet. I don't have much because I used to live in a very, very small town. There was, I think about maybe 600 people in my town at that time. So it's very small. I was like, mm -hmm. okay. And then I found out about graphics design. And I was like, oh, that's something I can learn. Mm -hmm. And then at the time there was not much about online courses. Mm -hmm. but there was like some magazines and some uh, articles and things like that. So I start studying that and again, start studying graphics design mm -hmm. and start getting, you know, a little bit better at that into a point where I could go to school a few years later, you know, mm -hmm. um, it was a point where I was speaking better English, better Icelandic, and then I could go to school there. But, you know, into, I got to that time, a lot of things happens to kind of reassure your insecurities that you shouldn't be doing certain things. Mm. And I think for us adults, we measure a lot of our self-worth based on things and experience that happens to us. Instead of like looking for the truth, we look for things around, right? Uh, and those things start to kind of come up and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not good enough to work with that. I'm not good enough for this. And my accent will, you know, it's on the way and things like that. So I start, um, getting more into photography. I have a, I have a friend of mine who was a photographer and she was like, you know, you like to create, maybe you like photography, you like to draw and everything. You would like the process lighting and everything. It's mm. very close to it. I start photographing. And it was when I, I got pregnant with my second child. And during the process, you know, of breastfeeding, we had to be a lot <laughs> right awake and breastfeed and just sit down around. And so I started studying online. Mm -hmm. Through that process, I start getting more about photography and I start learning that process. And it was when I start kind of like really getting that fire of, okay, I can do something. I really can. And I start doing and then it was when very, it was really harsh, like when the accent started coming in because I had to talk to more people around the world and, uh, and a lot of things with it. Then it was, um, this was about maybe eight years ago. So it was already, uh, online space was already way bigger than it was when I started in Iceland. And at that point, sorry, I moved to Sweden. <laughs> right. Right. I moved from Iceland after eight years in Iceland, I moved to Sweden. And then in Sweden, I was learning photography. I was working with as a photographer. And then I start seeing that, you know, that light start to come stronger, like, oh, you know, your accent, your accent, this, your accent, that. And I was like, oh, that's so hard. 
Mm. It's so hard to have that fire in you that you really want to do something, but that other part saying like, you know, with your accent, no one, it's really going to trust you, like you, you know, want to work with you and all those small details that comes in my, and that's why I always say like, oh, um, my self-doubt was my toxic friend because it's like that person that it's always, you know, beside you and has been out this year. So why would you listen to that at that moment? You know, it's been with you so for so long. Why would you stop listening right now? So, and I was like, okay. Charlie, had anyone ever told you about your accent or was it just simply your toxic friend ego telling you about your accent? Uh, yes, yes, there was uh, a few times people would mention something. Which then reinforced it for you. Once, yeah, once I had a prospective client and we ha- had been talking about me working with her on her branding and things like that. Uh, and then after, I think maybe four weeks, I don't know, a few weeks going back and forth, back and forth to say, do you like this? And she's like, yeah, I love it. But, uh, and then she was always, there was always something until I confronted her say, okay, why are you not moving forward with me? Mm. You really don't want to work with me. That's all right. That's okay. But so far you like the parts of design, you like some things, but then you stop. Mm. And then she say like, you know, what bothers me, it's that uh, I can't understand you because of your accent. You, there's some words that you say that it's not the way I say it and things like that. I was like, all right, that's okay. It's, you know, up to you. And then I just move it on from there. That obviously then reinforced the fears that you had about the fact that, because there are plenty of people with accents all around the world that aren't living in their home country. Um, But I guess when, when you have that personal fear or awareness of being different or speaking differently, and then it's reinforced on you, it then reinforces that doubt on you even more. Yeah. Um, so how did you push beyond that from, from her saying that and from the, the voices in your head saying, you know, you speak differently, people won't understand you. Where did you start to recognize that actually you could move beyond that? It was, we see now, we see a lot of people talk about representation Mm -hmm. and into that point, I did not Also, I didn't pay attention to that. You know, I didn't realize how important representation was. And it's funny, like, uh, I'm I'm really a big fan of uh, TV shows, right? Uh, As you can see, I like, I learned English by watching Friends. And then I was watching another TV show at the time. It's one of my hobbies to just sit down after work and watch a TV show, right? So I would start watching Modern Family. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yeah. And there's this character, which is a Spanish speaking person in an English world. And she speaks with a very, very have accent. Mm-hmm. And I start like, you know, the show is amazing the way they portray it and everything. And I start kind of like seeing some of her interviews and things like that, Sofia Vergara. And she mentioned that she say, I was always trying so hard to not have my accent. And mm. when I, they cast me for that, when I went to the, uh, I don't know, the interview or something like that, okay, she sure. said, I ditched that. And it was like, 
hey, I have an accent, that's me, whatever. And they loved her and she got the part. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like her big break, right? And that was kind of, for me, it was my representation. I was like, you know, she's amazing the way she is and is speaking with an accent. And that's her. Why should, you know, we all have to be the same and pronounce the things the yeah. same and be... So it was kind of like, it was at around the same time when all this happened, you know, the thing about the person telling me that, all the self-doubt, the, the very strong, um, you know, this strong feeling of want to have a business, but the fear of rejection. And then it was like, okay, yeah, I have accent and that's it. I don't care. You know, a lot of uh, friends then at the time was a kind of a very popular show. And people start to kind of like, I think, acknowledge that, say, hey, you have the same accent as Sofia Vergara. You mm. have glorious accent. And mm. my kid, you know, at the time, she she's born outside. So she does speak English uh, with way less accent than me. You know, her mm. accent is from the places. So she was like, yeah, you speak like her. And I was like, yeah, I do. And then it's, it was when I start on it. Like, yeah, I do speak like Laura. So... Yeah. Does that make me less, less intelligent, less creative, you know, less of a person, less worthy of anything else? I don't think so, you know? And there's this very funny uh, moment on the show where she's, she, everyone is laughing about the way she pronounced things. And she's like, you guys only speak one language. I speak two. Do mm. you know how intelligent I am in my own language? Mm. And I was like, that struck me as, that's so true. People don't really realize how, how hard it is to learn more than one language. Oh my you know, at that time, right, I was speaking my own language, which is Portuguese. I did learn Spanish. I speak fluent Spanish because of my friends in Iceland. I speak a little bit of Icelandic. I was speaking, I was already learning Swedish, and then I had English. So why that's pretty damn amazing myself. Right? And, uh, yeah. but I didn't see that that was the thing and that's why I always tell people like sometimes it's really hard we talk about how people are amazing and it's so sad how they can't see that you know how they cannot see themselves through our eyes yeah you know I could not see that as a great accomplishment to speak more than one language it was really a burden it was like oh my god you know I would never be accepted it's really hard I can't pronounce things the proper way my grammar is not right all those small things that come to mind and it's really hard but then you know I start realizing that you know it's not really true it's a really good thing. I can understand more language. I can, you know, understand people. So why should I be hiding that? Why should I be trying to fit in? Fitting mm -hmm. where? Exactly. Do you know, I've always, I was born in Germany, um, but I don't speak German. I left when I was a month before I turned seven. So I was just starting to learn the, the language. Mm -hmm. Um but not enough for me then really to build on it until I then started it again in secondary school and by which time I'm not blessed with languages. Um, and I've always, whenever I've gone abroad, I've had such admiration for people who can speak English, who live in foreign countries 
Um, and I think sometimes it can make us Brits a little bit lazy because we just expect everyone to speak our language rather than us necessarily always trying to speak theirs. And I've always sat there and I love going to London and sitting on the tube and just hearing all the different accents and they're speaking their, their mother tongue and then they turn and speak to someone else in fluent English. And I'm like, oh my God, I'd love to be able to do that. And it's crazy. It's like, I've always admired that. And yet you have that skill within you and yet, you're you've always seen it as a, like you said a weakness not a strength and it's just so powerful how like again like you said when you're in it you can't see it when you look at it from me who who's looking at you I'm like wow that opens up so many doors because not only can you speak English but you can speak all these other languages and so if you're doing a job that your audience is so much more vast and bigger and the opportunities that you can have from that is incredible because you're so diverse and there's a lot of things that you can offer that I couldn't because I don't speak those languages um but but it's really tough when we're caught up in that cycle and I love how um even though you know your client had turned around and said that to you um in that moment, you said it was in and around the same sort of time, you then, a, a door opened to you for you to, to watch the TV program and to meet Sophia on TV and to see, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Mm. And, and also, again, when you embrace your wholeness, yeah. um, people probably don't even rec- like notice your accent because they're so drawn in on your confidence or on other things. When we draw attention to something that we feel as a flaw or a, a weakness on our part, and we hold on to that, then people tend to notice it a little bit more. It's like um, if someone's got a big spot on their forehead or something, um, but it's not big, but it's big to you. And every time you look in the mirror, you're like, oh my God, everyone's just going to look at that and think, and then you'll meet friends for coffee and they won't even notice it yeah. because they don't look at, they see you as a whole person. They don't just go, oh, look, Em's got a spot. It, it's like, we focus on these things and then it holds us back. But the reality is when you don't, no one will notice. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's very sexy, your accent, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, and that's the thing because into you know that moment where I was watching interviews and things from Sophia Vergara I didn't perceive her character as like oh she has an accent Mm. and that's an issue it was basically like she has an accent because she's from another place and that's it it was not like something just like say it was not something that I would catch on as a bad thing or anything like that Mm -hmm. it was neutral you know but then it was just like when they start seeing it's like okay yeah but that's me but I perceive also that and of course there was that person who say you know not such a nice way you know but I also had other clients who were really amazing Mm. so why should I focus in one bad person you know and few others that you know in Iceland some people have sometimes mentioned my accent when I was trying to speak Icelandic and things like that why should I kind of like pick on those small details and not on the bigger ones when people are really compliment me you know on my creativity and the work and things like that so it was when I start okay now bad things always happen you know unfortunate things happen but if I focus on those I'm giving them power 
and mm. that's not my goal here you know so I start focusing on the good ones uh I'm from like I, I always say that and it's something also I'm breaking now from it it is like I'm not good at writing when I was a child in school, I was not a creative writer. I was not that good at writing in my own language. At one year on, in high school, I had to re, how to say, like a remake, like go it again to school. Like, um, you know, when you go to the next grade. Yeah. When I went to the last, yeah, like to the last grade on high school. On the, the past one, I did not match my grades for Portuguese, mm-hmm. you know, as a language. And then the teacher said, either you have to remake the whole year mm-hmm. or we can make it an arrangement. You come for six months only on the Portuguese classes. And if you can achieve the, the, no, the, the grades, then you just move on with your life. And I was like, all right, yeah, I can do that. I just don't want to do it all over again and then have to yeah. do the, the last year. They say, okay, so I did four months. And then on the fourth month, I achieved the grades. And they say, okay, now you're free. You can just continue going on. And that was always in my head. Like, you're not good at writing. You're not good at writing. Every time I had to write something, it was like, oh my God. One thing very funny, I, I'm really passionate about law. So I went to law school in Iceland. Mm-hmm. I entered the school, you know, I could go to college and, and just enter the university. I don't know how you call here, if it's college or university, there it's university. Yeah, well, there's yeah, so I went yeah. for uh, international law. Uh, mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, it's already a language that it's really difficult because it's very formal, you know, to speak about laws mm-hmm. and things like that. And I was doing that in English and Icelandic. Wow. So when it come the time to write, I was like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> but I did push through for about a year. But then when it came the part of only Icelandic, I couldn't handle anymore. So I dropped out. But it was something that I was like, always holding in my head, like, you know, you can't write. That's why you couldn't move on with the university in law and things like that. But then... Now, after all these years, I, it's the same thing with the accent. I start noticing like, okay, I was, I was not good at writing. And I start noticing that with my kids because the school puts you on a box and they grade you and everything based on a very old system. That doesn't mean I'm not creative, right? I might have some flaws on my grammar and things like that in Portuguese and English. Mm. However, I can write in English. I can write in Portuguese. So why not? You know, I can always improve my skills by studying a little bit more or just, you know, going through, you know, just pushing through and that's it. Mm. So I stopped saying that I was not good at writing, you know, and it was something that also pushed me to go through graphics design and all those things. It was that because I thought I will never be able to work with something that I have to write. Because since I'm not good at writing, even in Portuguese, how can I write in English, right? Mm. But now I do. And, I, you know, part of my business is to work copy, you know, to write copy for my clients. Mm. And that's it. And one of my clients, she does have a copywriter with her. Mm. And I have to go through with a copywriter with this person who supposedly should be, you know, better than me. Mm. I had that in my head. You know, people who are copywriters are better than me. 
And now it's like, okay, it's not that case of being better than someone else. It's just be able to have some skill that you're good enough to work and be good for yourself. Mm. So now I think one thing that I have in my self-doubts, it's I always try to look for hints like, is it that true? Why do I think that is true? Like with the writing thing, I'm not a creative writer. Why? Well, I yeah. start asking myself why. And then I start kind of bursting those bubbles. Oh, because in school, you were not good. But the school was so many years ago. You were a child. You were a teenager. You were still developing. Yeah. You know, most of the experience that you had at the time are completely different. The experience that you have now and the things that, you know, you absorb it. It was totally different. The books you read, the things you experienced. So why? Mm. So it's not true. It's the past. You were not good, but doesn't mean you can't be good. So I start kind of like competing with others and decide to kind of like look into those skills and things for me. Like why, you know, because other people say that's not really a reason. Mm. So it, it was something that it's, it really helped me push through all those things and now see, okay, self doubt It's something that it's always there with me. Mm. It's always here trying to do some things, even, you know, here and there. But then I start to ask, but why? Yeah. Just like if it would like be a friend telling me like, oh, you couldn't do that. And I would ask, why? Why can't I do that? Why do you think that? Mm. Where is your perspective that I cannot do something? Where Where are you coming from? You know? And I love that. And I love, you know, you originally started this whole episode talking about the freedom that like of, of children initially you know they're they're told don't do something but they feel the fear and they do it anyway and nine yeah. times out of ten they survive um but i also know you know when they get caught up in the education system and, and like you say it's such an old-fashioned system that hasn't always hasn't been updated in the way that that we want it to and that's a whole nother episode but suddenly you're then put in boxes and i'm going through that with my son at the moment you know he's suddenly gone from being very confident and intelligent and now he's being told he's below average on things and it's like compared to who like for me no you're not and you know I suppose I feel more pressure because of the work that I do to really kind of help him to to go through that but I really try and consciously work with him on his confidence and his belief and like today we cycle through the woods and he was going, but mummy, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm like, every time you think you can't, you say, I can, I can, I can, I can. And you keep going. And he was all right, mummy. Um, and he was doing that. And then we were doing some football and stuff. And he was then trying to catch the ball. And he, would get, he kept going, I believe, I believe, I believe. And I'm like, it's just that to me is education. As much as, you know, his phonics and his maths. He's got to edu- educate yourself on your mindset and on your belief because, whether you know you're a child or an adult we all can have knowledge but if we're if our internal dialogue is telling us we can't do it it doesn't matter how much knowledge we have we're never going to implement it in the way that we want to to get the results we want child teenager adult old person whatever it may be you've got to have the internal dialogue that matches the actions that you're taking and so I really really love that you've started to, to own it and say well why not why can I not do it? Um, and that's so true. It's finding the evidence yeah. to, to dispel 
the the myth or the story or to prove to yourself that you can whichever way you want to look at it but it's just having that conversation because I know like you said if you if your friend said um you can do something you would question why but equally if your friend was talking about herself and said you know I'd love to do this but I can't you would all also then question her and say why not of course you can um but we tend not to do that so much with ourselves and we almost go oh you know, I can't do that. Um, and because I've been telling myself I can't, so I won't even bother to engage in it. And so I love the fact that you've just spoken about the power of that because it's so, so true. It's so, so true. The conversations we have with ourselves are one of the most powerful things when it comes to generating success, happiness, abundance, good health, good wealth, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and it's a massive form of, of self-care, I think, because we're either showing ourselves love or real attitude and, and shitty behavior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone said to me the other day, would you be friends with someone who spoke to you the way that you speak to yourself? Yep. And it, oh my God, it cut like a knife. I was like, no, because um, I pride myself on being a great friend. I'm very protective and very loyal. I will stand up for everybody. Um, I will never let anyone say a bad word, especially about my husband and my son and my family. But yet I was doing it to myself. Yeah. And, you know, instead of saying the words like you, why? Why can't I do that? I've just accepted that I can't do it because I've been telling myself I can't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then you know that opens up that whole conversation of how much accepted living are we all living? Because we think that we can't do certain things because we've been told externally, but we've also been told internally. And yet we've never had the knowledge or the time or the confidence to question why. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yet when you did start to question it, your world started to open up on a whole another level and your confidence started to open up. Can you just talk through how that then started to unwind? Like, when you started to explore the fact that you could do it and why why couldn't you, you know, I'd love to know what journey that then took you on and what are the things you then lent in to, to move forward. Yeah, when I start questioning all those details, it's basically like you start studying yourself, right? Mm. And it's, I think hard for some people some people take as intuition as self-doubt and all those things and trying to mix them and trying to separate them and all those difficult uh, decisions and I start to with those questions right why Mm. or is it that true let's say it's different when you're like okay there is a path that it doesn't look safe and you're like should I take the path Mm it doesn't look safe. Is that true that it doesn't look safe? Yeah, it is true because there's holes on the street or something, you know, something is bad. Okay, so that's a self-doubt that helps you. Mm. And I think that's very important to acknowledge and say, yes. okay, yeah, I'm a brave woman, but there's certain things that should be intelligent to not do it. So mm. that's not safe and, you know, would be putting my body or somehow in harm. So I will not do it. However, with other things, you could ask, okay, why shouldn't you do it? Why shouldn't you open your business? Why shouldn't you make a video about your business? It is going to put you in, in harm. And you think, no, not really. 
Mm. Uh, why you couldn't do it? Are you afraid of judgment? Huh? Yeah, maybe. And all those small details. And then you start kind of like, one thing that helped me a lot was journaling about those things. Yeah. Just write as, you know, me talking to myself and then writing about those. And then on those moments, I start to write. Yeah, okay. Maybe someone will judge me. Maybe, you know, old friends or anyone else on the internet that I make contact might judge me. Maybe someone just like that past client. But then, so what? What's happening after that, right? Mm -hmm. And then I start pushing through a little bit more and I start feeling more comfortable. One of the things I did, it was like, okay, I noticed that I was comfortable talking to someone else instead of talking to myself, like uh, if I had to do a live or something like that. So I went to a group. Uh, and it was in a course that I was uh, going through and I say, hey, I have this issue where I really want to push through and make videos about my my business, but I feel comfortable talking to someone else way more than talking to myself. Is anyone here, uh, you know, up to a life, a collaboration? And so many of those ladies jump in and say, yeah, I would love to. Yes, let's talk on video and all that. And of course, the first videos were really awkward, you know, and I would kind of like rumble a lot and not find the words and, you know, be very nervous. However, that started getting easier and easier. And those collaborations were so amazing. Some of the ladies, we are still friends, you know, some of them are still in business, some are not, but we still talk and all those things. So once I start seeing that, you know, every little goal and I think that's one point that I want to open here it's make goals for yourself no one have to see that only you if mm -hmm. your goal it's like okay I want to open a business all right what's the small goal that it's going to take you to open that business is it to talk to someone is it to have a consultation with a business uh, coach is it to make a live video about is it to make a marketing research and ask people what is it a small step that you can take towards you know making that big goal mm -hmm. and then i start doing that and for me at that time it was speaking more because of my accent i thought it was not good so I thought, okay, if I speak more, people will feel more comfortable. And just like say, if I didn't talk about my ex and no one would ever question. And mm -hmm. I start seeing that. And mm -hmm. the second thing was, okay, I want to start writing more, even though it might be something wrong, but I will. And then I start doing that. And I start talking about that and telling people, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm writing these mini blogs on Instagram and things like that, or Facebook, I know that might be some mistakes and something. However, the people that I want to attract with my brand would not be that people that say, oh yeah, she forgot a, you know, a comma or her grammar is not proper. So she's not, she might not be that intelligent or anything like that. The people who I want to attract to be in my world are the people who understand and say, hey, I can understand totally what she's coming from, even if her grammar is not perfect. I understand the story. I understand her. So why should I be picking on things? You know, I'm not her editor. She's not writing a book for me or anything. So why? And then I start pushing through and this start opening more collaborations. I start being, of course, way more confident to show up on my stars, show up on, on Instagram, Facebook, going to podcasts, guests, collaborations, mm -hmm. uh, live on Facebook collaborations. And of course, opening more windows. 
So it was when I decided to go full-time uh, as a social media manager and branding strategist, which was something that I was, you know, between, between like making the photos. Uh, when I was in Sweden, I was a photographer and I really, really love photography. It's not something that I put aside just because of the business. I still do it as a hobby. I think it's a very beautiful art. But I thought, okay, it is something that I really love. I love creating and I love seeing results. So when I see that I get a client and I can help her with all the tech parts of her business, putting a whole program together and seeing her launch that and seeing the results, her happiness is my happiness, you know? And I feel that fire that I said in the beginning, when you want to do something, you don't really know what it is, but you want to do something you know, to accomplish something. And I start, okay, that's really, really cool. And then it was when I start, uh, you know, investing more in opening in my agents, which I call Trinity Media. And uh, as right now, of course, it is on the beginner stage. But as a, you know, a dream, like a plan in my head, I see myself with that big company where, you know, a entrepreneur, a someone would come in and say, hey, I have this idea. How can I, you know, position myself as authority? How can I build my brand? I will need brand. I will need social media presence. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And I would say, yes, you know, me and my team and I, we can do this and this and that. We're going to have photographers. We're going to have videographers. We're going to have the marketing department and you're going to have to just show up and we're going to take care of everything. So that's a big dream of mine which was really not possible a few years back if I was always thinking that I could not speak to a person because of my accent, because they would not accept me, you know? So yeah, during that process of always questioning me, it had pushed me to now kind of like being here on your podcast and speaking to you, which you are a native English speaking person. Mm. And I would always be afraid to speak to a person like you and be judged. Mm. You know, I would be really afraid to show up on my stories like I do now and be judged. I would be afraid to show up on my Facebook group and be judged. So that opened a lot of doors. And for me, it's really amazing because I would never think I would be kind of like caring for my, providing for my family with this job where I have to speak another language as I'm doing now. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I'm sat here and I'm like wanting to do a big happy dance for you because it's just like your whole energy as you were talking about that was getting higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and it was amazing. And do you know what? It all comes from taking uncomfortable action and you weren't afraid to take uncomfortable action. Um, and the more um, you took that uncomfortable action, the easier it became and that's where your confidence grew. And this is the thing that I see a lot of people getting wrong um, is that they wait for the confidence first or take action for action taking sake that is never gonna move the needle of any aspect of their life. But when you take uncomfortable action with the, you know, with the mindset of it's not gonna be perfect, but it's better than nothing and I will learn from it and I can use this information, this feedback to help me to grow and expand and, and to develop, then you're, you, there's nothing to lose because you're going into that action um, with permission for to make mistakes yeah. but with the knowledge that you will walk out of that experience with some kind of feedback it could be that's amazing keep going I didn't realize I was as good as that or it could be oh don't ever want to do that again or yeah. or 
I do want to do that again, but maybe I will try it this way. All again, amazing bits of feedback that you then have to then grow. When we just stood waiting on the sidelines for the confidence to come, it never does. Well, you know, when you're waiting for the right time, there's never the right time. When you're waiting for the most perfect um, program or partner or whatever it may be, that just won't happen because what's perfect for you won't be perfect for someone else. And when you are perfectionist, it will never be good enough because you'll always be striving for this impossible dream. But when you are open to creating and taking uncomfortable action and, and making it your friends, so even though it's uncomfortable, it's not horrible. Even though it might be scary, it's going to be scary for anybody. But I'm choosing to respond to this uncomfortable action in a way that allows me to gather information. It's not going to mean that I'm shit at my job or that I need to quit or that someone doesn't love me or whatever. It means I'm choosing to explore other possibilities and to learn. And I think, you know, no one um, is ever in a position where they know everything. We're always learning. Um, And it's when we stop learning that life becomes hard. And when we think, you know, we know it all, that's just a whole nother level as well. But there's always more to learn. Life is always evolving. There's always new inventions coming through. There's always new ways of doing certain things and simplifying this, that and the other. And so we have to be open to learning. And this, you know, what you um, put yourself through and what most people are doing are just attempting to learn new stuff every day. That's it. It's not failing. It's. I'm just learning. I'm learning. Um, and when you can really start to reframe it as a learning opportunity rather than a failure, yeah. it feels so much nicer and less scary. Yeah, absolutely. Every single, you know, those steps that I'm mentioning that I had as goals and I went through, it's just like what you, I said, you know, this self-doubt was keeping me on my comfort zone. Because because it was like okay, yeah, uh, I'm not good on camera. I'm not good at writing. That's okay. I came all this way to here, and I'm fine, right? I'm alive and I'm okay. So that's okay. And you keep on that okay set, you know, mindset. I'm okay. It's okay. But then it's that fire inside you that okay, I'm okay. But. I really would like to do more. I really would like to do something else. And you really don't, for me at that time, I really didn't know exactly what was. I knew I want to be successful. I want to be a successful business person. It doesn't, at that time, didn't really mean that I had to have my business. I Mm. could be working for someone else, but I really want to have that pride of being good at something and being successful. But those comfort, you know, that comfort zone, those small details that I had to go through to make it to that point, it was for me at the time was hard. Mm-hmm. That's why I start like step by step. Okay, what can I do? So I start by learning new skills. And then with learning those skills, I start, you know, knowing more people, getting to know people on the internet. And then by getting to know those people, I start noticing, you know, one person here and there and how they were showing up and kind of like start to see myself as that person. And it was, you know, it was, uh, I think it's something for anyone listening. 
they might think, yeah, but there is always something in their head that they think, yeah, but yeah, but so I would say the first thing ever you have to do it's eliminate that. Mm. It's eliminate that, yeah, but with me, I'm short, um fat, I'm not pretty. Uh, like I said, I have a pimple, I have I wear glasses, I don't live in this place, I don't live in a beautiful apartment. You know, there's always uh bad. Yeah. Eliminate that. Eliminate that and just try to see what else can you do. Uh, but I don't live in a beautiful place, maybe to record things just like some influencers do. Eliminate that and try to see other side of thing. Yeah, but it doesn't exist anymore. And try to see, okay, I don't live in a beautiful place, but what can I do? Can I go to a park? Can I, you know, do something else? Do I have just a plain wall where I can record, I can talk, I can make a picture? What can you do that it's not putting? Mm, yeah, but with me, this and that, just eliminate that. Because my comfort zone was kind of like very fluffy and good because of those words. I'm mm. always like, yeah, but you know, I have kids, I have to take care of them. So I'm not always well dressed. I don't have time to put on my makeup. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. My life is not interesting. It was all those, uh, yeah, but mm. that made me stay there longer and longer. And I really wish that I could have the confidence and the knowledge I have now, 10 years back. Mm, and it's yeah. always like that right because if I could hear those those words way back like yeah eliminate that you know your life's not boring mm. I see that a lot like um, especially now in this online world where people try to make everything perfect right sometimes they think it's um, their expectation of life will not match others. And for instance, like as for me, I was living at home, taking care of my child. So I was like, ah, but my life is not that interesting. But now when I see from other perspectives, there were so many moms that their dreams were to be able to work from home to take care of their kids, mm. right? And their dream was to be able to have time to just go for a walk with their kids on the park, you know, on a weekday, just for the sake of doing. And it was something that I was doing all the time. I would take my kid from school and just go for a walk on the town, just play with her and that's it, you know? So mm -hmm. when I learned that, I was like, oh, that's start to get way more powerful now. Now I do have two kids and I think my life is amazing. Mm -hmm. Even though it might not be amazing for some people, some people mm -hmm. who might like to travel, to be always in bars, pubs and things. My life is interesting for the type of life that I envision being to have time to be with my kids, to have time for them, to talk, to not be, you know, having them all the time on daycares or things like that. And it's just, yeah. right. It's just a different view. And I think for every single one who is going through that self-doubt, you have to eliminate that. Yeah. But, and just think, what can you do? And think about that. Is that true? Mm. What you're doing matters. What you are matters. So just trying to eliminate those things. And it, it's not easy at the moment. I'm not going to lie, right? It's not that like simple. Oh yeah, now I'm perfect and I'm going with my life. It's not that. I don't think anyone's perfect. And the way you perceive yourself is just very different from other people. 
And once you eliminate those things and start talking about yourself the way you would talk to your child or a friend, everything changes. 100 oh, right? mic drop, mic drop. That was amazing. Totally. It's eliminating the buts. The buts are our beliefs. It's eliminating that. And like you say, is that true? But also what I love um, and is so, so important, especially when we are comparing ourselves to so many people, is actually, do we really want the life of the people that we're comparing ourselves to? Because we only see a highlight reel of that. The reality is I'm like you, what makes, uh, what's successful for me is I get to spend school holidays with my son. I get to drop him off every day and I get to pick him up after school every day and spend quality time with him. And I work my business and my clients and my interviews around that, that um, opportunity. That to me is success. Yeah. Everything else comes, you know, comes with it. That's great. But the reality is for me, I worked, it took us a long time to get my son. He um, is our little miracle. He, I, I think I was definitely um, sent a little son to help heal me, of which he has. Um, and he's taught me more things about myself than I've ever thought possible. Um, and so I'm not going to jeopardize that by, you know, shoving him into to daycare or whatever. And, and I, I shouldn't say shove because I know there's lots of people that do. And he actually goes to some after school clubs and loves that. Um, but for me, the success for me is to, to spend time with him in the holidays because I never get that back. But what I'm trying to say is obviously it's different for each and every one of us. And we can look at, at someone who's totally, you know, killing it in the industry and think, oh, I want their life. I want to have the success that they have, but will that actually fit in with the, the vision and the idea of success that you have? Probably not. And if you had their life, would that make you happy? Probably not. Um, and so we're often striving for an, something that probably won't make us happy. And that's why it's so important to get really clear on the goals, like you said, making sure that you have goals, but making sure you know what success means for you, making sure you know what happiness means for you making sure you know what good health means for you, good wealth, a loving relationship, because all of these, these key relationships that we have, the relationship with yourself, that needs to, you need to be really clear on how you want to be with yourself every day. It's going to be different to everybody else. And so when we compare, is comparing an apple with a pear, because we don't know their life. We yeah. get to see what they want us to see. And also we are never, we're not designed yeah. genetically designed to live their life yeah absolutely i i think that's it you know it's basically just getting to know yourself mm. it's the first thing that's why i always say like when you ditch that yeah but me this me that you start learning more for me it would be kind of like okay you see an influencer or someone successful maybe traveling every two, three months, let's say something like that. And you'd say, yeah, but I can't because I have kids and they have to go to school. And then you start noticing, okay, but would you like that? Mm. Eliminate that, yeah, but I have kids and put yourself, okay, you can't travel right now, would you? Mm. Would you be happy doing that? Mm. Would you be happy to being like in, you know, five places a year, even with your kids? Mm. Would that make you complete and maybe say yeah it will 
I will be happy. And then you're going to start finding ways. Okay, maybe I can homeschool my kids and yeah. really move around. Or maybe say, oh, yeah, I really wouldn't. I really like my house. I like my decor. I like my routine. I like. And then you start to think, yeah, that successful person is not successful for me mm. because her success, it's something that works for her, not for me. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, even if I could travel, I would just travel maybe once a year. That would be amazing. But not all the time. I like, you know, having a routine. It makes me less stress. It makes me happy to have this routine. Seeing mm. my kids happy with friends makes me happy. So, you know, all those small details, it, that's why I say getting to know yourself and eliminating those. Yeah, but and eliminating and talking about is that true? asking mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. would help you a lot, you know, because uh, as I said in the beginning, maybe try to write down, write down, no one's going to read that, only you. And once you write that down, it's kind of like you're putting out there and maybe you can come back and read later and you start seeing that, okay, no judgments apart. There is no right or wrong. What can I be doing? What should I be doing? What do I want to be doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm. and all starts to fall in place and yeah you're always going to have a little bit of self-doubt in somehow in some part of your life but if you always come back to this like are you self-doubting yourself why Mm. is it you know coming from a safe place it's coming from you know uh, just a worry or something like that and you start working on this okay but I shouldn't be doing that all right if I eliminate that yeah I should why is it that true am i not good at you know making videos yeah it's true i'm not good at making videos can you fix that yeah i could watch some youtube channels i could make a course or something and learn so if you can learn that's it good or you know if you ask yourself am i good at not making videos no actually not no one ever say that i just go and make a video that's Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. it going to happen something if you make a bad video no just go do it you know so eliminating that and asking those questions to yourself no judgments it's only you right it's it's the same if like you have a child so you know right and someone listen that might understand if they have kids if your kid come with a very beautiful drawing and it's all over the place would you tell them oh it's not the same as the you know a cartoon you saw on tv you're never going to say that, say, oh, it's beautiful, you know, and they will keep trying. And eventually maybe they will draw like, you know, a cartoonist, maybe yeah. not, but yeah, yeah, but there is no harm on doing the things. Absolutely not. So, yeah, exactly. And again, it, um, there's no perfect in that either. Like that drawing is perfect for them in that moment at that age, you know, right. and it's like the fact that they've got the imagination to do it. And, you know, there's all these things that we forget when we then look at something. It's like, yeah. well, that was perfect at the time with what I had. Um, and and again, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll draw another one and it will be slightly different next time. I love it when my son draws pictures. I often have wild hair, big boobs, stick arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No neck, just a dress. Yeah. But it's brilliant. I love it. And he always writes my name under it and it just melts my heart. Yeah. And there's that. no harm in trying. He might try something else later on and do something else. And what's the problem there, right? Mm, totally. I, you're never going to look back and tell him, see how bad you were at drawing. Now you're good. 
No, yeah. it was a process. It's like, you were good for that age. Now you're still good for your age yeah. now and so on. So that's- How much you've evolved, like all right? of it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Charlene, it's been amazing. I could talk to you um, for hours. And um, I think you have made some really, really amazing, amazing points. I love the, um, the yeah, but and the eliminate the buts, and then the whys. And these are just simple conversations that we can have with ourselves. They cost nothing and they don't take up a lot of time, you know, which are the two things you hear people say, I can't afford it and I haven't got time. You have got time to ask yourself a question. You can ask that question in the shower. You can ask that question while you're driving. You can ask that question while you're walking your kids to the school, whatever it may be, we can all make time. Um, and this costs nothing. This is about building awareness, understanding you, getting to know your limitations, your triggers, all of that sort of stuff. And when you start to recognize that you're telling, you're adding buts, like I know someone who will so in tune with saying that they can't afford something that they would turn down a free program and say they can't afford it because it's just their automatic response, but they're so oblivious of saying it. And I think when you start to ask these questions, you become a lot more responsible for the things that you're saying. And actually you then have the choice to stop saying it. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly, you know, it opens up other opportunities. Yeah. So thank you so, so much for everything that you've shared today. It's been really, really insightful. Um, how can people stay connected with you? Where can they find you? Uh, my social media, all my social media, it's at, Charlene Trinci. So everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I do have a group which is called the Badass Business Queens. But you know, you can find about that in any of my socials. I'm usually more present in Facebook and Instagram, but yeah, I do have other socials and all of them, it's the same name. So it's easy for anyone to find me. Brilliant. It's been amazing. Thank you so, so much. And I'll add that to the show notes. Um, it's been a real privilege and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me and to everyone today. So thank you. And oh, thank, thank you, you once again for everyone who has tuned in to listen. I hope you enjoyed it and I will look forward to seeing you all next week. So bye for now. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.